Hi, this is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Well, in the light of the disturbing events in Afghanistan, I thought it'd be good to pull in a man who knows about uh, what it takes to reach the Afghan people. His name's Will Burnham. He's been serving for nine years in Europe among refugees and has seen many Afghans come to know the Lord and the gospel uh, touch uh, multiple generations of disciples and churches. I'm able to have some, you know, relative understanding of what's going on and just the reality of the ground. But, you know, beyond what you're seeing on, on the news outlets, which I think you're seeing pretty similar on just about every news outlet, it's, it's bad. You know, it's not, there's a lot of people that don't want to be there. There's a lot of uncertainty, uh, a lot of chaos, um, unknowns about what, not just what today brings, but certainly what tomorrow brings and beyond. And I think you just see the desperation of people uh, to want to get out of there. And, you know, some will have the desire to go back once things calm down. But, you know, as we've seen really over the last 15 years as refugees, not only from Afghanistan, but all throughout the Middle East and South Asia beyond, you know, they're looking for a better future. And so it's going to be a lot of families that are leaving. Um, you know, we've seen we've all seen some of the news footage of mothers handing their kids to soldiers and. I've actually spoken with a, a soldier who's a friend that has contacts on the ground with other military officers, and that's it's true. And, it's, and there are believers in Afghanistan, is that right? The reality is, yes, there's, there's a very fast-moving church in Afghanistan among Afghans. And I think in, in part because so many Afghans have left and have experienced the gospel, and they have family back in Afghanistan, and so through social media and, and things like that, they're able to contact back and use the internet and have, have phone calls with family members. And they, in Afghanistan, people have access to the gospel now through the internet. So, I, you know, I just, it's, it's, it's been a joy. You know, a lot of people have labored in that land for a long time. And I, for about 1400 years, Will, we, We've now, never seen a move of God like this in Afghanistan in 1,400 years. The, the thing that's helped spark these movements of disciples and churches in Afghanistan has been previously Afghans have fled and come to know Christ and either returned or, um, you know, the gospel's gone back through them, through the internet or letters, however they communicate. Is that is that right? That yeah, from from what I know, you know, from from the contacts that I have, and uh, from the, the reality of of what we've experienced serving in in, uh, in Europe, you know, among refugees, that 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 natural flow through relationships of family and friends uh, still. I mean, it just, it works. You know, there's just something about that, you know, share with your neighbors, share with your friends, share with your family members. And yes, when, when those Afghans have gotten out of that context, 
Now, it's still difficult to become a believer mm. in Afghanistan, to convert, yeah. to meet with someone for discipleship, to begin to share your faith with others, to gather in a healthy church. That's still really hard to do mm. in Afghanistan, uh, but it's happening. But, you know, I think the 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 restrictions are, you know, they're lifted once they get out outside of those Muslim dominated countries You've got Afghan believers in Turkey. You've got Afghan believers, you know, all along that highway. But once they get into Europe, once they get into the States, once they get to these other locations where they're free, you know, there's religious freedom there. Uh, So not only are they able to listen, but we're able to share freely. And other, you know, you've got Iranian believers sharing with Afghans, you know, in in their heart language. And the the culture and the language are, are similar enough. And uh, so you just see how God's doing. And, you know, we all have heard a lot about the Iranian, you know, church movement that's happening and fastest growing in the globe. And God's using that to now splinter into other people groups. It's just amazing. It's just one of many. So you just begin to multiply that more if coming back and forth. And uh, that's where you just see the, the church grow uh, like it is today, even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of chaos. Well, what's the opportunity in this crisis right now is to have Afghans in your home for a meal or to go into their home and be hosted by them because they love uh, showing hospitality and probably haven't been able to show hospitality for a long season. And it would be a joy for them to do that. So we as believers have an opportunity to cross over a cultural barrier and cross over some, some fear and, and reach out and say, Welcome to our nation. Welcome to our city. Uh, can I show you how to get around the city? Can I show you where to shop? Uh, can I introduce you to some of my friends? Can I, uh, would you please come to my home? I would love to serve you tea. And, you know, so it, we have to take some time to learn the culture and some, you know, cultural do's and don'ts. And there's lots of resources out there. And most of us are, we know, you know, <laughs> serve tea instead of coffee, uh, you know, do, you know, things like that. But you know, the way that that men and women would communicate with one another and those types of cultures. And so just to be aware of all of that is good. We need to learn about them so that we have an opportunity to share the gospel. We don't need to wait on them to learn our culture before we can share the gospel with them. So let's make that effort. And then let's, let's invite people into our homes. Let's look for ways that we can serve, you know, depending on what country you're in, offer to teach that language. Uh, you don't have to be a certified teacher. You can, you know, churches. I was just on a call this morning with the church wanting to know how can we help. Uh, and so I told them the same thing, you know, look for ways that you can host families uh, and, and teach them about your, your city and how to get around. But also, you know, start doing, you know, English lessons and just, you know, as as conversational English it doesn't have to be professional. But it's just another way to love on them. It's a it's a felt need. It's a real need. And also just gives us a chance to continue to, you know, build relationships there. And I would say, you know, above all, regardless of how you do it, the opportunity that we have is to share the gospel. Hmm. And maybe for them, for the majority of them, it'll be the first opportunity that they've had to hear a, a clear, you know, true presentation of the gospel. Most of them have been you know, misinformed about what we believe. And you will have the freedom to share. And, you know, listen, especially if they're in your home, if you're hosting them, uh, they're going to sit, they're going to listen to anything that you have to say. 
So just what an opportunity we have to to share the gospel. Just put it out there, and let's just let's just ask the Lord to put us in the path with Afghans that He's already at work in. And you know that's just something that we've seen you know, all throughout our our time, you know, serving among Muslim refugees. And you know, we didn't come up with it, but we've certainly experienced it. Other people have written about it. You know, there's there's some general themes. So when you when you listen to enough testimonies of former Muslims, you begin to hear some common themes, right? Uh, you know, they have an interaction with a believer that just rocks their worldview. Um, you know, I didn't think Christians were this way. I would always been told this, but here we are in your country and Christians are the ones that are caring for us. Just some of those, those things with just interaction with a believer that just rattles them. A second thing is they have a prayer that's been prayed in the name of Jesus that gets answered. Now, often that comes from the believer that they've met. And, you know, if you talk to a refugee long enough, you're going to hear something that you can offer to pray for, a real need. And stop right then and there and say, I'm just, that really burdens me. Can we pray for that? And again, if they're in your home, <laughs> they're not going to say no. You can be anywhere. They're probably not going to say no. Uh, very rarely, actually, do they say no. So you've got an opportunity right then to pray, pray with expectation, because we know that a prayer that's been prayed in the name of Jesus, it gets answered for a Muslim. Uh, oftentimes, it's it's a the first time that they've experienced something like that. Uh, and then the, the third thing is they get a copy of Scripture in their heart language. Uh, a portion of Scripture, all of Scripture, audio, doesn't matter. And then the fourth one is they have a dream or a vision. So, you know, some people would say there's a couple other ones, but I would say those four common themes are there. And so think about it as a an Australian uh, think of it as a as a Greek. Think of it as an American. You don't know their language. You know very little about their culture. You couldn't you couldn't do an apologetics conversation debating Christianity and Islam. And I would say don't uh, because God's either at work or He's not. Mm. And of those four things, without knowing much at all, you can be three out of four. I mean, you could be the interaction with a believer. You can offer a prayer that's prayed in the name of Jesus gets answered. You can get them a copy of scripture in their heart language. You can't give them a dream or a vision, but you sure can pray uh, that they would. And so just hearing enough testimonies, you know, it's like, if this is how God is at work, let's join him in that. And we can be involved in that wherever we are with as much or as little knowledge as we have. So we've got a great opportunity, in my opinion. I believe that God is up to things that only God could orchestrate. And he does that through his people. And he does that through missionaries. He does that through agencies. Uh, but he mostly does that through Afghan believers sharing the gospel with Afghans and Afghan believers making disciples of Afghans. And the ones that I've talked to that are along the refugee highway, that are already believers, that are, are already doing the work of the kingdom, of sharing the gospel, making disciples, planting churches— when I talk to them about the reality of what's going on, they always steer the conversation towards current fruit and what they're excited about in ministry today and moving forward. And so for them, it's what I'm hearing from them. That's not coming from me. It's what I'm hearing from them is that they know more are coming, which means they now have more work for the kingdom. And that's something that only God could orchestrate to have enough that have already come out that now have been trained and are faithful believers 
and that now as a new wave comes, uh, we, how much more are we prepared uh, to see the kingdom grow? So I'm expecting God to do great things. He already is. He already has been.